0: Hello, welcome to Locked on Sharks, the premier hockey podcast of your favorite team in the Bay Area. On today's episode, we're going to recap the last game of the rookie tournament and to look at the biggest training camp battles as training camp starts on Thursday. So all that and more on today's episode of Locked on Sharks. You're Locked on Sharks, your daily podcast on the San Jose Sharks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, J.D. Young, contributor at Fear the Fin in San Jose Hockey Now. I want to thank you, of course, for making us your first listen. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts of course you can subscribe on YouTube as well as we're now back to being your team every day five episodes a, d- a week from here through the NHL draft we got you covered for all things San Jose Sharks and Barracuda we're going to definitely going to make a more of an effort this year to be do more Barracuda coverage because uh frankly the Barracuda are going to be probably a little bit more interesting than the sharks are this year but we're going to start today with looking at recap of of kind of our takeaways i guess from the last rookie tournament game and then get into some of the biggest training camp battles and who i think is going to come out victorious as we're going to starting training camp here on thursday i can't believe it's here yes and then so yeah we have media day on Wednesday uh Shang will join me Wednesday night where we'll go over that and talk about some of the big storylines heading into the season and then of course we have uh, our first preseason game this weekend so we have a lot a lot a lot going on here really quickly so um so yeah let's get at it right here so the Sharks lost uh three to nothing to the Kings in their final rookie tournament game and a lot of the big guns didn't really play for the shark Eklund and Bordelow of course were held out um you know very kind of sloppy game a lot of penalties which we'll get into here in a minute but a couple guys who who stood out for me uh I want to talk about uh Benjamin Goudreau the goat robe so gave up two goals the first goal I don't think the defender uh was in a very good position um you know, and it was kind of a, a one-on-one type of situation. And the defender trying to kind of get position doesn't really do a good job of it. And uh, Goudreau gets beat over the shoulder in a nice backhand. So that, that's one of those ones we have to kind of just tip your cap to the, the forward. He, he made a great play. And there's, you know, sometimes that just happens. Um, the second goal, though, was definitely one of indecision with Goudreau. You know, the, the puck is coming down. You know, it's close to an icing type of play where it gets kind of chipped and dumped in. And instead of either poking the puck into the corner, pouncing on the puck, or doing something with it, he's kind of or staying in his crease and just let the puck go by him. He's kind of stuck in no man's land where he's coming out of the crease to play it, but then at the last second decides he doesn't want to play the puck. Um, then it goes behind the net. Uh, the Kings forward wins the race to get the puck, and then he's trying to Get a he's already out of his net and then trying to get across his net, um, to on the wraparound attempt that the king scored on. So I know he's young, that stuff like that's going to happen, but that's one of those things where it's make a decision and stick to it type of thing. And that's just a learning experience for him, kind of type you know, where it's going to be. Either play the puck, poke it in the corner, do something with it, or just be ready for the, the Ford to win the race and, and be ready for a potential wraparound. So other than that, though, I thought he looked really solid, made some great saves. You know, the the Sharks were on the penalty kill lot and he looked solid on the penalty kill. We'll get into the, the penalties here in a little bit, but um, you know, Goudreau showing why the Sharks drafted him in the third round in the 2021 draft and why they think he's gonna be a prominent few you know uh figure in their future so I, I think one of my big takeaways from the weekend is the goaltending feels much better than it did a couple of years ago and that's what happens when you devote resources to it you know the signs drafts man this off season you traded for eto macademy and part of the brent burns deal i know we haven't seen Makanemi yet but you know based off his ahl numbers last year he looks like a potential guy drafting um Ben Gaudreau in the third round and last in the 2021 draft, drafting Mason Bopit this year, putting some resources in. It's it's kind of, you know, I, I kind of make this comparison a lot between goalies and quarterbacks. If you don't have one, you keep taking swings on finding one. And when you do find them, they're super valuable type of, of situation. So, um, and we, we see goalie movement all the time, every off season. So trying to find some of these homegrown talent guys, um, would be great i mean if you look at the sharks goaltending prospect you know when was james reimer they acquired in a a trade you know um aiden hill they got in a trade Capo and they got in a trade we haven't really had a you know even martin jones was part of a trade and he was nhl ready type of process of, of guy when they got him so like having they haven't really had like this homegrown goalie that, that they can kind of point to and be like, yeah, this guy's gone through our system and now he's ready to make an impact. So um, again, I know they've been very good the past 15 years and haven't really needed to try to develop goalies, but it would be nice to be able to point to one for the first time in a while and be like, yep, here's a nice homegrown talent goalie that we've seen go successively through our system. So yes, Um, Ethan Cardwell, um, he's going to be an interesting decision. So Cardwell, uh, he, he is actually eligible to play in the AHL, doesn't have a contract yet from the Sharks. So um, Curtis Bashelka today on Twitter mentioned that Cardwell, he wants to stay in San Jose. He wants to compete for, uh, you know, to be on the Barracuda. So the Sharks are going to be in a very interesting position where they could send him back to the Barry Colts, let him play his last season there before and then come over next year or they could if they liked what they saw from rookie camp and from training camp and development camp off give him his elc and let him start playing right now so I thought he showed himself really well he had great opera every game he had at least one opportunity where he was on a breakaway um just wasn't able to put one home you know he was getting a lot of power play and penalty kill minutes um was was kind of you know was playing top line minutes so i think they really wanted to give him a run and see what he could do i i think though just based on what we've seen from the sharks i think they're going to send them back you saw that last year with brandon co uh where they sent you know the, the sharks they'd like to let these guys go play and dominate in their juniors or final season so um if you listen to this and they've made their decision, I'm sorry, but I, I, I think they're going to send him back, let him go play in with the, the the Colts this year, see if he can have his Brandon Co type of season where he's one of the top OHL scorers and then come in next year and ready to to start his professional career. So we will see with Ethan Cardwell. And then the final kind of big takeaway was the penalties where they were um, brutal. And I know you have a lot of guys playing in positions that they're normally not playing and kind of playing up and down the lineup and guys that you haven't no chemistry and all that fun stuff. And you're, you're throwing guys in there in different opportunities and positions, but still a lot of penalties, uh, 22 penalty minutes today. I know Max, uh, McHugh did have a 10 minute misconduct, 29 penalty minutes on Saturday. So, you know, it's, those are things that Kind of comes down to coaching, where you want to make sure you clean these up. I talked about um, yesterday's episode with, with where I want John McCarthy be able to, to clean these up and make make sure that early in the season that this isn't becoming a trend for the Barracuda, where some of these young guys are going to have penalties. I know the HL you're going to have it's kind of a, a bit rougher league, and you're going to have the fighting and you know a little bit more of the shenanigans after the the puck or after the whistle, but you don't want those those trends to kind of fortify and kind of settle in and become habits um, as you continue to play and to continue to progress. So I'm not worried about it, but I'm just keeping my eye on it. Want to make sure that the penalties aren't becoming an, an issue. And then that's, you know, you should kind of put yourself behind the the eight ball when you're having to play on the penalty kill all the time. You're not able to get your five on five offense going or, you know, or the worst is when you're on the power play and then you draw and you commit a penalty then and you're just, kill your whole momentum so yes but overall i think the sharks uh rookies really showed out out well for themselves i talked about it yesterday with, with some of the guys who really kind of set themselves up for good training camps here kind of have that momentum and that energy going into the training camp so um before we talk about training camp and which the biggest battles you know kind of positional battles that i'm i'm looking forward to watching and who i think is going to win those spots do you want to take a quick break? Uh, let you guys know, of course, about our friends over at Bet Online. You guys know Bet Online is the number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports information this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts um, as we get get ready to start Week Three of the NFL season. BetOnline also got you cont- uh, is also con- your continuous source for all your sports wager information, including live betting which is always really fun, especially if you have those dramatic come from behind wins where you can uh, maybe make some money as well. Esports and scores are the fastest and easiest way to check in all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. Oh, wrong button. on the youtube i hit the wrong button sorry guys um yes so biggest training camps for biggest training camp battles for me i I think kind of the really the three i'm looking for um are we'll start with logan couture's wingers so we we probably are going to have a first line of timo meyer Tomas Hurdle and alexander bear banoff we'll know more when we actually see these guys start to hit the ice on thursday um, Logan Couture is going to be your 2C but who is going to be playing on Logan Couture's wing and I, I think that's kind of the big question because a lot of those pieces are then going to fall into place from there so you know you look at potential candidates I, the kind of the guys I'm looking at as potential wingers for Logan Couture, William Eklund uh, Nick Benino, Kevin LeBanc uh, Oscar Lim and uh, Luke Kunin. so start with Eklund, who i feel like should make the sharks out of camp i think he's going to be one of easily one of your top six forwards you know he's worked very hard this offseason to try to get his body nhl ready by you know adding that muscle and still having that speed and that iq i think he can help your team on the power play especially a power play that was not great last year uh to put it nicely and we we know what Eklund can bring and at some point you're just going to have to rip off the band-aid I don't expect Ekwin to play all 82 games this year and I wouldn't be surprised if he goes down to the Barracuda for a stint but I, I think coming out of camp he's going to be one of your top six wingers the top six forwards and putting him next to Kotor, I could I could see that working especially if you can really figure out that right side so uh the other guys Nick Benino, who ended the season last year on Couture's wing, had five goals in the last eight games. Was really, we'll talk about him a little bit more in, in the next battle. But at this stage, I think he's more of a winger than a, a center. You know that that third line last year was not great uh, with, with Benino. You know, manning the center position, but I think on on the wing where he can be not asked to do as much and be able to contribute offensively there. Um, And then if you need him to slide the center in a pinch, he can do that as well. There's that Kevin LeBanc, who I think is really going to be chomping at the bit to try to prove himself, especially after the start of last season and then missing most of the season with an injury from all reports. He sounds like he's, he's feeling really good and he's ready to get going with with training camp. He's been attending the, uh, the captain's skates, so we know what LeBanc can do when he's on his game as a potential 40, 50-point guy who can really help your power play as well. Um, and then two of the new guys, Oscar Lindblom and uh, Luke Keaton. Lindblom, I, again, that scoring touch that I think he could add. Um, I think a line of Eklund, Couture, Lindblom would be pretty solid where you have Eklund who can be your... Kind of passer and your transition guy couture who can kind of score those dirty goals play your more defensive role when needed and kind of cover for for the younger guys and limblom who can who can score and was well on his way to being a, a a pretty solid scoring threat for the flyers before his cancer diagnosis so and then i'm gonna throw luke cunin on there as well um he can score i mean some of his his analytics and stuff aren't aren't the prettiest to see but he still put in 13 goals last year with the the Preds, so if you're and the Sharks do struggle to score, so interesting to see if he kind of fits in there. My guess right now, I think, is an Ekinquator Lindblom um, as the start coming out of camp. I think, like I said before, that gives you a nice kind of variation on that line of guys who all can kind of complement each other and, and fit in with their skill set. So, and then. That kind of leads to the next one is kind of the 3c position again this is like the fifth year in a row since show thornton left that we've been trying to figure out who the 3c is so um nick bonino who i talked about before but i feel he he's probably in the driver's seat for this this spot right now uh where he can you know he was the 3c for the majority last year until bordolo came He's gonna be responsible defensively. I just I don't know if he can drive a line. I think he's more of a complementary piece on there, but he's gonna be defensively responsible. And I, I'm curious to see how David Quinn is gonna to want to utilize his his three C. So um Luke Kunin he'll play three C again. He's not gonna be driving um play as well, but I feel he is he can still score so be interesting to see what type of wingers that are are with uh with kunan so if it's like a gregor LeBanc cuan like maybe there might be something there type of situation um you have bordlo who ended the season last year as a 3c um I think there's he's the most intriguing option and the most fun option I just think he has a a lot of names he has to jump to try to win that position so um I still think he's going to start with the Barracuda and then make his way to the Sharks at some point this year, whether that's Christmas, Thanksgiving, whenever Um, he, he just has, there's just a lot of dudes. He's got to try to jump And while he did have a really nice rookie faceoff tournament. Again, I'm just, I, there's a lot of guys in front of him. So Um, other guys, Stephen Lorenz, who the Sharks acquired in the Brent Burns trade um Scott Reedy and Jasper Weatherby uh and Weatherby are both also waivers eligible so or waivers exempt excuse me where they can go down the Barracuda without having to go through waivers they're going to be interesting I I still think both those guys probably start on the Barracuda but I still wanted to put their names in here as potential guys um I'm basically with sharpie writing nico Sturman for the fourth c um he could be the 3c but i think he is more situated for a 4c type of role and then you want to try to have a a more dynamic i think third line center who can provide some offense um so right now i kind of see it benino's job to lose um but i think so i think he's going to start the season as a 3c but I think by Thanksgiving, they're going to shift some guys around and he'll probably be playing wing to end, you know, as after about 20 games into the season or so, we might see him switch to wing and let somebody else get a shot at the the three C. So, yep. Um, and then before we continue by looking at how the rest of the bottom six is going to shake out and then how the defensive pairs are going to shake out, I do want to let you guys know, of course, about the Locked On NHL show. Thank you guys, of course, for making Locked On Sharks your first listen free and available wherever you get podcasts and now covering your sharks five days a week because we are your team every day make sure you guys go check out the locked on NHL show they've got you covered with all the national NHL news still covered by local experts so of course all the ex- all the local hosts we go on we'll talk about the big stories in the NHL uh Western Conference Wednesdays of course and then Thursdays they do power rankings which is always really fun So make sure you guys go and check out Lockdown NHL, wherever you get podcasts. And of course, subscribe there on YouTube as well. All right, to end this, uh, I know we talked a lot about the 3C battle and I think the bottom six, those guys, it's going to be your kind of those, if I assume Nico Sturm is written in Sharpie on your 4C, how are they going to fill out the lines around him? So you're, you know, potential guys like, Noah Gregor, who came on strong at the end of last season, if he can find his scoring touch, especially in training camp and preseason games, uh, to really solidify his spot. Uh, you also have Luke Kunin, who's, you know, could be anywhere from I still think he's a, a second or third line guy, preferably a third line type of guy, but you know, there's him. Uh Matt Nieto, who's going to be a penalty kill specialist. You have Jeffrey Veal, John Um, They also sign Evgeny uh, Svechkov, who I think is going to be in the Barracuda, but still has a potential. You, you, there's a kind of a ton of names here, and how these guys shift out, and who is um, going to be making that that bottom six? There's very interesting. Will David will coach David Quinn? Will he kind of rely on these veteran guys at the beginning of the season until they prove? the it's not working and then move to the the young players or is he going to give these young players a, a realistic shot you know guys like Noah Gregor who really helps your penalty kill but then isn't really providing too or not sorry not Noah Gregor but Matt Nieto who really helps your penalty kill but isn't really providing too much in the offensive Noah Gregor who probably could have had like 15 goals last year if he didn't shoot 5% shooting percentage just a lot of guys down here. And I think, you know, some of the questions will answer themselves as we see who who's on uh, Logan Couture's wings and who wins that 3C position. But just kind of how these bottom six guys shake out and who's going to be starting their season down with the San Jose Barracuda. And then I think the other big question and big training camp battles is going to be the defense. I mean, you you basically, you have Eric Carlson as your first line, your first pairing right-hand defenseman you have Mario Ferraro who's is he going to be Carlson's partner is he going to be kind of more of a middle you know second pairing defenseman and then you have Vlasic who's most likely going to be your bottom pairing and then so basically you have those three guys in some position and then you have a bunch of guys fighting for the last three spots and you know looking at redeem Shimmick who still has two years uh, a little over two million dollars left on his, you know, annual contract. Very unhappy with how the organization treated him last year. Very unhappy with the coaching staff. Maybe a fresh start now with new GM, new coach. We've seen Shimmick play really well at times, but it's been a long time since we've seen Shimick play that way. Is he going to come in with a new, you know, kind of rejuvenation here as as we head into, you know, a new season? You know, the Sharks brought in um Matt Benning and Marcus uh, Nudevaro Nudevaro can play both left and right hand uh, Matt Benning right-handed defenseman are those guys you know again Matt Benning you kind of know what you're going to get with him I think he's a bottom six defenseman who can you know your third parent defenseman and Nutavaro, who's coming off a couple injuries but can be a really dynamic transitional player and provide offense if he can find his game after these injuries You also have um, a professional tryout of Scott Harrington, who we really had to get chances to talk about. 29-year-old left-handed defenseman uh, was a second-round pick uh, by the Pittsburgh Penguins back in the 2011 draft. And has played for the Columbus Blue Jackets, um, also a season with the Leafs couple games, you know, 10 games with the Penguins, but you know, so he's played 210 games, seven goals, 31 uh, assists and 38 points in his total career. So, you know, PTO guy, come and give him a shot, see how he, how he kind of fits with the team. And then of course the big question is, and then, sorry, then you also have Jacob Megna, who going to be a solid defensive defenseman, um, in his own zone but I don't think isn't going to provide too much offense, especially on a team that's probably going to struggle to score again. And then of course, Ryan Merkley who provides can provide a lot of offense and offensive skill, but still struggles in his own end. So it's going to be interesting to see how all these guys shake out right now. If I had to guess, this is just how I think it shakes out. I'm going to go with the Faro Carlson pairing. Um, I think uh shimic Nudavara as your second pairing, Vlasic Benning, and then Megna as your extra with Merkley starting the season down in the Barracuda until he plays his way into the Barracuda or someone plays their way out of their their role in the top six. So yeah, that's that's how I see that shaking out right now. A lot of questions heading into the training camp so of course um got something fun planned for tomorrow we're gonna to be looking at some of the betting angles with the sharks see if there's any potential value there and then uh shang is going to join me for to look at some of the big storylines heading into uh into sharks camp this year so yeah make sure you guys are uh, following along twitter facebook instagram locked on sharks you guys yes Please uh, follow along on there, especially Twitter game days going to be live tweeting stuff, of course, and then going to try to do more clipping of the highlights and stuff like that on Twitter. So make sure you guys are following along there. Facebook, Instagram, I'll put some of the highlights on there. Some of the good clips will be on there as well. And then you can listen wherever you get podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Odyssey, Anchor, the record store. Go subscribe there. If you're on Apple please leave a five-star review. It helps the old uh, analytics and the machine that cranks out content. So five-star review there. Um, And then subscribe on YouTube. That is the easiest way to help me personally and get money into my pocket. So um, that's the place I prefer. Go subscribe on YouTube. Especially if you're new, you're just finding the show. Go follow along on YouTube. Going to be doing, especially on the weekends, uh, I'm going to be trying to do more live, reactionary stuff on games on the weekends um so yeah you don't want to miss that out uh you can follow me on twitter at my fry hole go check out the locked on nhl show and we'll be back tomorrow until then bye friends